Welcome to Rap Fiesta. Welcome to Rap Fiesta. What up, everybody? Welcome to Rap Fiesta. To Rap Fiesta. Rap Fiesta. To Rap Fiesta. Rap Fiesta. Welcome to the Rap Fiesta podcast. All right, let's do it. Yo, so how you doing, man? I just saw it was your 40th birthday, too. Happy belated. I appreciate it, man. Feels good, man. You know what I mean? I know a lot of a lot of young people be like, you getting old, man. But you you should want to get old, man. You want to fucking be gone from this earth early as shit in your lifetime. You know what I mean? How does it feel? Like, feels like you're entering a new stage? Yeah, I feel like I told myself when I turned this age that I would stop dealing with a bunch of bullshit that I, be, that I used to deal with. So that's the phase I'm in right now, cutting corners, man. You know what I mean? Cutting the, trimming the fat off all the shit that I don't want to deal with anymore. Nah, I feel that's a good thing to look up to. And uh, congrats on the new album, Mask On, man. And one thing I noticed as well, in the song titles, all the song titles were in caps. What was the thinking with that? Um, It wasn't really nothing too crazy behind it, but for the cover, for the cover and everything, you know, uh, people hear me rap all the time. But when I do like uh, melodies and melodic stuff like that, I feel like they always be like, you don't need to sing, you don't need to blah, 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 or I like this or whatever. So I just put the mask on and just covered up my face so people could just be like, all right, let's just listen to the music and don't worry about, you know, this is Kev the Hustar, this is Chevy Woods and what we expect from him. I thought that was clever title too, just because of like the COVID pandemic, everyone has a mask on. So I was wondering, was, were you thinking that when you titled it like that, like the connection... Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because I feel like it was it was going to be a conversation piece, like you asking me the question now, you know what I mean? I knew what was going on, and um, I did Mask On. The deluxe version that I want to do is called Mask Off, though. So it makes sense that we're getting out of the pandemic, so now we can, you know, take the mask off a little bit. I like that. That's dope. It didn't hit me until, like, halfway through, and I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, relative to what's going on. I thought yeah. that was cool. And you only got one feature on there. How come you don't got more? Uh, trying to just stand out on my own, you know. I, I did songs with the homies for years, and we got millions of records too. That's about to pop out and be on the way. So this just kind of like a stand on my own type of thing, you know. What I mean, I can go get features from whoever I please, especially when it's in the game, you know. what I mean, so I just, I just like let me just do something for myself. That's dope. And uh, that re- that record you just dropped, text me as well. It's a switch up from that intro record. You got a lot of versatility. You went more into like a melodic approach. What was your thought process when you were trying to pick songs for the album? Um, I, I mean, all of those songs are really fresh. You know what I mean? It's not nothing that I went back and just pieced together or nothing like that. Those are records that I recorded within maybe a month or two months of... Uh, what the hell? Oh, there we go. Yeah, you did. Or two months of uh of dropping the tape so all those records are fresh um i feel like that's the best and you know when i'm in a studio recording with the homies and stuff like that they also give me the ideas of what to put out what can go so i just i just take it as a collective because even to the team they hear all the music and stuff before it come out so we talk about it discuss it and then we go from there that's what's up and um why did you choose nightmares as that debut visual for the album because uh, it's personal. It's a lot of things that I didn't talk about. It's a lot of family stuff that I didn't talk about. You know what I mean? Um, I usually, I don't, I don't really show a lot of shit that's going on in like my personal, personal life. So to get to go in the studio and rap about it, just like a painter would paint, just like a, somebody that writes poems, you know, would write poems the same way. I'm just expressing it 
uh, more personally and not, it was stuff that I could have said years ago, but I wanted the right platform. Just like for since birth for my, my debut album that I put out, it's the same concept. You dropped some heavy shit on there. You said you just lost your uncle to a heroin OD. What was the, how does that, that type of trauma influence your music at this point in your life? Um, I think, I mean, I mean a lot because I always think about it. You know what I mean? I always think about the what if. I always think about, you know, him seeing me doing what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? Because when he was running around in the streets and stuff like that, I used to just see him as like, give me $5, buy me ice cream, <laughs> give me a Gatorade. You know what I'm saying? It used to be. So I never really got to do nothing or talk to him in like a grown up space. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to say that because I'm always thinking about it. Were you guys close when you were coming up? Yeah, kind of, but he was he was he was in and out of you know drugs and jail sometimes. So it was just it was like my favorite uncle anyway, regardless of what he did anyway, just because how he carried himself as when I was a kid. You know what I mean? So it was like, and this happened when I was probably like nine. 10 oh, so 10. you're real young. Yeah, so it's like that was my favorite uncle. Like, and I, like I said, it used to be about me seeing him out, and no matter what was going on, you wouldn't be able to tell, and he would still help, you know, take care of me and my brothers and stuff like that. And um, for that visual, why the Tupac and the MJ, the two biggest icons in rap Ooh. and basketball? Yeah, because the, just the hook, the way the hook is, it says, you know, uh, about come back like Mike with the four or five, which means like. You know, forty five is a pistol, so it's like, you know, four or five Michael Jordan, all eyes on me, Tupac. I was like, I right, just makes so much sense for me to just put that in there like that. Yeah, yeah, I was catching those bars, all eyes on me, Tupac's record four or five. He came back with that jersey number later stage in his career. Yeah, so I like those connections, and I, I was wondering as well, what was the recording process like for you during the creation of the album? Um, I did a lot around a lot around the team like I recorded we record every night so in the midst of us recording every night everybody's working on something so everybody gets a turn to go do what they do so it just so happened that on when when it was my turn every song that I was recording was for mask on you know what I mean so I was just getting there I'll say this is the first one this is the second one this is the third one and just go like that instead of like I said, going back and piecing it and finding old records. I just did that shit like right then and there. So it feels fresh. Cause I hate, I don't like, I heard Kendrick Lamar say this one time, like when you make records, if you don't drop it for a year, it's hard to go back and be in that realm that you were in when you recorded it. So I yeah. try to be fresh and the feeling feel fresh to the people and to myself when I drop it as well. And, and you're always evolving as an artist and it's hard to go back and drop a song from a year ago. Cause now you're kind of different in your evolution. Right. So no, I feel that. And um, what is the room like for you? Do you have a lot of people in there, like with you hyping, hyping the songs or giving you feedback or is it just you and the engineer? Yeah, it's more, um, it's more of the team, like all the time, you know what I mean? Um, sometimes it might be me and the engineer if I get there, if the studio start at eight and nobody else gets there till 9.30 or something like that, I'll probably record two records um and it's just me and the engineer but then when they come get to play it and you know jump around and say say what we think about it switch some things up and i just feel like it's good camaraderie for us because we get everybody's opinion about everything you know what i mean and you got to be able to take that constructive criticism and change it into a positive 
I love hearing artists when they're like describing how they're recording songs. And I want to know, are you freestyling them? Are you writing these? Or is it a mixture of both? Yeah, it's a mixture of both. So if I'm going to the studio and I have the I have the beat. So sometimes when I'm at home prior to the studio, like three, four hours, I'll get to just write it. You know what I mean? Open up beats, write in. And if I got something that I feel like is going to stick, then I take that to the studio with me. But sometimes I just walk in. My engine, the engineer, homeboy, his name is uh, Aaron. So I just tell Aaron, like, load this one up. And then I just walk in there, mumble some shit, catch a little vibe and start from there. So I'm always looking for like a top line just to start the record off. So I might write just a sentence before I leave from the house to go to the studio. And that sentence starts the song. That's what's up. And um, how's the ride been being Taylor Gang at this point in your career? I know you've been associated with Wiz and the whole collective for a while now. I mean, it's great. I mean, we came up together. We created all this stuff that we've done together. You know what I mean? And I don't think I don't think nothing goes forward or pushes further without a team. So you everybody might see us in the studio and us partying and on the videos, but we have a whole team that um you know, we talk about everything. We have group chats. We have like we say everything to each other and just figure out what's the best, you know, move. So when I'm in a studio, it's a different conversation. It's about the music and stuff. But when I'm talking to Michelle, Will, Irvin, everybody on the team, it's, it becomes different because it becomes business and us trying to figure out what to do with the records that were created. What's it like being a part of something so successful at such an early stage? How do you make sure? that you guys are on the right track and, you know, egos don't, if you know what I'm trying to say, like some, someone yeah. doesn't get too big headed, things like that. So lots of maintain. Yeah. I just think it's a, uh, we hold each other accountable for everything. You know what I mean? So we don't have, we don't have problems and shit like that with each other. You know what I mean? If it is, we just talk about it. That's why you'll never, and you probably have never seen us on the internet bickering. And never have. Yeah. It, I mean, or even getting into anybody else's business and doing that, you know what I mean? So I think we just stick to our guns and the camaraderie. It, it just helps us, like, be that conglomerate of, of, like, people to be able to work on big music and shit like that. That's what's up. That's crazy. And uh, I just read some sources saying you started out as Wiz's hype man and you, or you, and you guys met through a producer. Right. Yeah, we met through one of my homeboys, actually. His name is Freeze. Um, but I had cousins that went to school with Wiz, you know, they used to always be like, yo, I know Cam Karat, Cam Karat. I'm like, I don't know who the hell Cam is. <laughs> like, I never met him or anything in my life, you know what I mean? But the school was 10, 12 minutes from where I live. Yeah. So all the kids and all my cousins and shit, they knew him. And, um, I just happened to be looking for a studio, which was ID Labs, and Edan told me the price for recording. I went down there, I started recording. Um, my boy Freeze came with me. He already knew uh Wiz and like a couple people around him and stuff like that and he connected us and That's like it was, yeah it was like he was in the back room I was in the front room we heard what each other was doing but we didn't know each other but then we met in like the lobby and from there we recorded a song that night called me uh way back then and ever since then we've been locked in is that song out mm-hmm oh I gotta I gotta check that out I didn't know that it's the first time that you guys met that's that's historic that's dope yep one of my favorite records from you is with Wiz and Juicy J. What was it like getting on a record with, with the 3-6 Mafia legend? 
amazing. I actually just left the studio like three or four days ago with Juicy. So it's still, you know, the same stuff. We still go chop it up, still bounce ideas. He might have beats for me. I might have hooks and stuff for him or whatever. So it's definitely legendary. And I feel like just growing up listening to his music and the whole shut the fuck up and like ah, it's like classic. So just to get that, get him to be a part of anything is amazing. Yeah, no, nah, he's he's definitely one of my favorite rappers too. He's a big legend, Memphis mm-hmm. Tent. And um you you dropped 16 mixtapes before you dropped like an album. What was the, the whole thought process with that? Why wait until this point? It just wasn't it just wasn't ready. I just wasn't like me and the music wasn't ready, you know what I mean? To to do that. So I might have trashed the album like five or six times before thinking that I had it. And um when I finally got it, I felt good about it. So once once I get a project in whole, I, I get it from the studio and I just line all the records up and I might go to sleep. I might be riding somewhere and I just listen to it straight through the whole time. If I feel comfortable like that, I feel like it's a good project. If I feel like I one song need to be changed or something need to be done on this hook, then I just do that until it, it uh, fits suit. That's, that's interesting, man. I can't imagine trashing a whole album. That's painful. It's for sure painful because, you know, you get titles, you get everything. Like I had several different titles before I came up with Since Birth. So. And you threw in so much hours just writing that song like mixing it to studio sessions. And then you just watch the whole thing. That's I can't even imagine that. That's crazy. It's just a feel. It's just a feel. It's a feeling yeah. thing. But I mean, it's not it, uh, not too much goes into thinking about trashing it you know what i mean if it doesn't sit well then that means that i'm not gonna go forward with it yeah because if you release something you don't like you're gonna hear it and be like you're gonna have that feeling like i didn't want to put that out right and i know what the fans are going to say you know what i mean so like when i'm dropping music i make sure that it's that it's the one or it's whatever a fan one fan or a million fans might like facts and what was that turning point for you to start taking rap seriously Cause I know you were hustling, you were playing ball. Yeah, um, I, I mean, for real, for real, I used to, I used to battle rap. You know what I mean? I used to battle rap across the city. So, I think that got me in tune, and still to this day, I'm always in tune watching battle rap right now. So, uh, I think just that was part of it. I think meeting Wiz was a big part of it because I was, like you said, I was hustling. That was my dream. I thought I was gonna get rich off the streets. And I didn't really have nobody around me that had a dream that wasn't nothing to do with the streets. You know what I mean? And once I met him, I was like, okay, bet. So this is bigger than what I'm thinking. So let me just chime in and see what I could do to make the situation, you know, bigger for him as well. And he can make the situation better for me as well. Just learning, you know what I mean? Because there was a lot of stuff that, a lot of game that he gave me as a young dude just to get me prepared for the music. You had a lot of positive things going on at once. So it seemed like it made sense. Right. And it's crazy that you gave up the hoop dreams, though. You're still playing ball? Uh, Here and there. I play here and there. Some celebrity games, you know. I might go to the playground and do some shit myself here and there, you know. So, yeah, I, I still keep it by my side. And there's something I read on, too, that you mentioned that I just never heard of. You said y'all made it off, like, off of Ustream. And I never even heard of what that is. What is that? Crazy. So Ustream is just, like, what you're seeing right now with people on Instagram and stuff like that with the live. So you stream, you was able to go live and the fans could come in and, you know, chime in, hear music and, uh, you know, ask questions. Nobody was really doing interviews on you stream or none of that. You know what I mean? So like this right here is like you stream enhanced. So 
that's that's all it was basically i can't even believe that was a thing back then i never heard of it i just feel, i feel like instagram live and the zooms like just got popping like within the past like couple of years so that's ahead of its time that's wild i feel like that's where they got their idea from to do it you know what i mean so it's probably somebody that was running Ustream that has something to do with instagram <laughs> i hope so i was hopefully he didn't get his shit stolen and they all made money and he didn't get none. That would, that would suck. But that's yeah, crazy. I had no, I never heard of you stream. Like that's wild. Yeah. And uh, what's the dopest fan interaction you've had? Dopest fan interaction. I think I think at the shows it's always the dopest fan interaction because when I'm on stage performing, I'm paying attention to trying to perform. But when I'm looking in the crowd and see people in the front and see people word for word off of shit that I said, I'm like, all right, this works. <laughs> so like those fan moments are the best. Or even when you're like taking pictures uh, before the show and somebody comes up and be like, yo, this is my favorite song. And they get to spit in the verse. And you're like, damn, I wrote that. And you recited it to me right now. And it made a connection to, you know, their lives. So I, I feel like that's like the best part of it. Have you had any like strange interactions or ones that just bugged you out? Uh not not really nobody's seen, trying to follow you things like that <laughs> yeah, i seen i seen you know wild shit i've seen fans do wild shit like get on tour buses and shit like that and not supposed to be on a tour bus and getting caught and shit like that but it was like girls you know what i mean so they were like there was, was one cool. crazy, <laughs> one crazy girl kept saying that she was Wiz's she was Wiz's girlfriend so she like broke on a bus or something she had all this face paint on her shit I and mean, she was looking crazy like she was the, a deranged fan for sure <laughs> just seeing that and see i'm like damn how did she get on the bus but the bus door was unlocked at the moment and she worked her way back there they had to pull her off the bus get the police to come get her and she's like i'm with girl <laughs> the wiz at least give her a picture or that was it tossed her no. off and said goodbye no she was out her she was she was out of out of her mind so damn <laughs> want to you you know you let other people help that situation yeah facts as is um how's performing these days too during covid is it ba getting back to normal for you um i mean shows are starting to get booked i haven't really been on a stage stage besides when we did just did the cypher so that was like a good a good icebreaker for me to get back in the realm of performing and it just it was natural just like riding a bike so i don't think you know um, it's going to be a drop off or anything. I just think that everybody with COVID got a reset button. What are you going to do with it? So now I feel like I got to have the best performances. I got to put out my best music. I got to shoot the right videos just because you got to reset and you don't want to relapse and go back to what you were doing before this whole pandemic hit. We had a lot. We had a big break from shows and concerts. But yeah, you're right. Things are going to get back to it. You got any shows booked like for this yeah. year upcoming? Yeah, we got some shows booked. We got some stuff in July, some stuff for the fall. So it's still it's getting worked out, but it's it's gonna happen. It's good to hear people getting back, making some tour money and all that. That's nice. Yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. And uh, I just uh, just a a random question too. If another rapper smaller than you wants to get in touch and work with you, how should they go about it? Um, of course, my email is in in my uh, Instagram profile. They can DM me. I mean. I reach out too, you know what I mean? So like my homie Luke, he 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 makes beats right now and uh, nobody really nobody really knows of him. But at the same time, it's like Wiz gave me that kind of a, a shot. You feel me? So it's like, why not reach back to these people and 
give them a shot. That's why you'll hear new producers on like almost every project because I'm always just looking and people are playing instruments on IG and I'm hitting them. I'm, I'm in the comments like, yo, send me this. I'm going to the studio tonight and I'm getting the beat right then and there. So that's Yeah, that's to- real. People always got to stay on, on game. You never know who's watching. Man. Chevy Woods could use your track right now. But that's yo, crazy. And what's something you wish you knew early on when you were coming up that would have helped you now? Um, everybody ain't your friend, man. And especially in business, you know what I mean? It's cutthroat. So that's what I, that's what, I mean, I wouldn't have befriended a lot of people that I did, you know what I mean? Because they're not around right now. So I could just, I could have just done without them anyway, but I'd be me being me, you know, trying to be cool, keep shit cordial, you know, not trying to have my mind act out what I used to be or what I used to do in the street. You know what I mean? To people. So I just carry myself totally different. Is there anything for independent artists specifically to look out for, watch out for? Yeah. Uh, read every word of your paperwork. I <laughs> anything. Don't just put your signature on stuff because shit looks good or somebody's telling you something to make you believe that that's what it's supposed to be. Don't get locked into uh, certain deals that you can't get out of or you got to pay your way out of. You know, that, that just comes with read and everything. Just read it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's in contracts that people don't know. You know what I mean? Then when it comes down to it, they make an album, make another album. It's two years in, a five-year deal. And then you're like, I don't really like it over here. So now they these people spun all this money, and you got to go pay it back just to get out and be free. You don't want to do that. These contracts are so, like, wordy and confusing. I don't, I don't get how a lot of rappers get wrapped into it because I'm wondering if they have, like, lawyers or something dissected even then they still get fucked over so i'm like i'm always wondering how that happens even when you have someone dissect these contracts yeah i mean a lawyer looks the lawyer can look over it as much as he wants to but sometimes it's always something yeah that's crazy always something they're either missing or they misinterpret you know what i'm saying so it's like you or just the artist i think when people are reading contracts off the artist artists just hear blah 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 they don't really pay attention but you got to pay attention because this is your livelihood and you don't want to be years in a game paying some some label back some money from fucking three, four years ago when you're on to something new. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, they're so hyped up off just even getting attention. Someone trying to take a chance with them, willing right, right. to throw their lives away for it. Right. So uh, what what moves you got for this album? Any any like insight you can give us on what we can expect in terms of promotion and what you guys are trying to do with outreach? Um, I think that this is, I think it's time for outdoor music. I think Mask, I think Mask On was like a indoor kind of project because we were like indoors, not really no party records or no no dance vibes or nothing like that. So now I'm going to go for that. You know, I'm, I'm going to go for the outside music and the fun shit. And how you plan on getting Mask On to everyone's playlists? Um, I'm about to drop the text me remix with Ty Dollar Sign. So Ooh, that's gonna that's gonna definitely turn some heads. Yo, that's hype. I love Ty Dollar. That's dope. Yeah, so they'll go back and wonder where the original version came from, and that's how you get them to listen to the whole mask on mask on project. Man, that's a that's some tip people got to take note of right now. I didn't even think about that. You drop the album first, then you get a feature for the remix. They come back and check the whole catalog. We thinking, you know, I like that. that that's insightful. 
because we the the page that we run has a lot of indie artists like just absorbing content. So this is the type of shit that I love when artists come on and talk about. Right. That's free game. Man, that's hype, man. I'm I'm excited to see when that when is that dropping actually? Um, I don't actually have a date because I'm still piecing it together, but I'm 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 like 20 songs in and then going to cut it back to like 12. So, I'm not going to go too far to go backwards, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm probably go 25 records, split that down the middle whatever I have and then go from there. What's your favorite record off the album right now? Ooh, What's the, the favorite record off the album. I got this song called Ballin' that I'm going to change the title because I heard a lot of ballin'. Of course, Jim Jones, back in the day, like, put out that same song. So I'm going to change the title. It's called Ballin' for now, though. All right, that's what's up. And I don't want to take too much of your time. We're going to cap this interview. And it was a pleasure having you on, Chevy. It was dope. You spit some game. We talked a little bit about the album, chopped it up. It was great. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, bro. No, t- no, no problem. Have a good one. And thank you for everything, my man. You too, man. Peace out. Sure.